It's good to be back on Search the Scriptures today. We appreciate the opportunity to study God's Word with all of our listeners on a daily basis. And we're thankful that you do listen. We know that many of you do listen either daily or close to it. And then there are others who can listen only as their schedule affords them the opportunity, but they do so frequently. And then there are others who are listening for the first time. We appreciate every single one of you. And we're thankful that you're there. It's good to hear from you, and we have heard from a great many of you. And we appreciate that. We hope that as we continue to study from day to day on Search the Scriptures, that your knowledge of God's Word will continue to grow. And that as your knowledge grows, well, then you'll come closer to God. Because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So we pray that as you come closer to God, as you learn His will better and better, more and more fully, that you're going to ultimately come to that point where you're going to make the right decision to follow God His way, to be obedient to Him and come to Him through His Son, Jesus Christ, in the way that His Word teaches. We pray toward this end, and we really do care about you. We pray for you diligently all of the time. Good to be here today with my brothers in Christ, Dennis Stackhouse, Dwayne Kennedy. Dwayne, good to be with you, brother. Thank you, Gary. It's good to be with you on the program, and I would like to add my welcome to our listening audience and this opportunity to study the Bible. This is a Bible study here on Search the Scriptures, and we are glad that you are with us today. You can also study the Bible. We offer other opportunities including on our website at www.churchofchrist.com, as well as ordering our CDs, and all of that is free, and it will be talked about a little bit later. But we are glad that you are having Bible study with us. Dennis? Thank you, Duane and Gary. It's certainly a delight for me to be with both of you on the program today as well. And I, too, would like to welcome all of you who've tuned in to Search the Scriptures. We know that for many of you, you have done this intentionally, that you want to get back to the program as often as possible and get better acquainted with God's word and his will for your life. You know, guys, as I think about what Jesus told us in John 3, verse 16, a passage that probably all of our listeners have committed to memory, God loved the world so much that he was willing to give his only begotten son. And when we, we see that phrase that he gave his only begotten son, we need to understand he gave Jesus to die so that our sins could be forgiven, so that Christ could pay the price for those sins at Calvary. My goodness, what an amazing, amazing thought that is when we really stop and contemplate that. Considering the love that God has for us, I mean, it should cause all of us to come to our knees in thankfulness and just live in such a way that we would do nothing intentionally to be contrary to God's will. But we are careless, aren't we? Yes. There are times we're careless. We just don't think about all that God has done for us. We don't think of the gravity of that sacrifice, sending his son to become man, to leave heaven, but then ultimately to go to that cross. Mm -hmm. We just... We, we just kind of take it in a flippant way, perhaps. Mm -hmm. We just don't think about it. And so we end up being careless. And ultimately, that's what we're going to, to continue to study about today. In fact, we're going to bring this study to a close today 
asking the question, are you, you personally, being careless with your soul? I'd like to go back to Matthew chapter 13, and let's read verses 44 through 46 again. And uh, Dwayne, if you'd have that ready, and then Dennis, if you'd be ready to go back to chapter 16 of Matthew in verse 26, I'd, I think it would be fitting as we conclude this particular study to go back to those basic texts of Scripture once again to make sure that we lay that groundwork well for our listeners. How about reading Matthew 13, 44 through 46, Dwayne? I mean, uh, Dwayne? Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for joy over it goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. So, and the point that we made in the first few sections of the study was that here was a man, in both of these cases, the illustrations, one, he found a treasure hidden in the field, and that treasure was so valuable that he sold everything that he had to buy that field. And the other one, being a merchant man, he found a pearl that was so exquisite, so valuable, that he sold everything that he had in order to buy that pearl. And of course, what we're talking about here is the kingdom of heaven yes. or salvation. What we're talking about is our soul's salvation. Right. So there's nothing that begins to compare in this world, in this life, with the value of our soul. Now that is stated rather succinctly in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 26, isn't it, Dennis? It is. There we read, For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or, what will a man give in exchange for his soul? And of course, that is a rhetorical question. And the answer is understood. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Nothing is worth giving up your soul over. That's right. Nothing is worth exchanging your soul for. Mm -hmm. Yet, people do that all the time. Yes. Without even considering it. They take part in disobedient, unfaithful, ungodly practices sin, if you would, and thereby put their souls in jeopardy. Yes. And they don't stop and think, I am risking my most valuable possession, my soul, for whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. A one-night stand of sexual, illicit sexual activity uh, drunkenness, doing drugs, lying. We could go on and on. Yes. Mm -hmm. The wages of sin is death. Mm -hmm. Romans 6 and verse 23. That's right. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Same verse. Mm -hmm. Now here we have that opportunity for eternal life, our soul's salvation. And yet... We play around in sin, not even realizing that we're putting that most valuable possession in jeopardy. 
You know, there's something uh, that we didn't mention, Gary, in regard to the two parables Jesus spoke in Matthew 13 that Duane read for us just a few moments ago about the man who bought the field and then the merchant who found the pearl. And that's the fact that both of these individuals recognized the value of what it is they came across, the treasure in the field or the pearl, and then they acted accordingly. They weren't careless with it. They weren't slow about it. They acted accordingly and quickly and took the proper steps. We ought to recognize the value of our soul's salvation. Yes. I think that's exactly the point Jesus was making. Exactly right. We need to not be careless. Now, we've asked this question repeatedly through this series of studies. Are you being careless with your soul? Have you become so focused on the affairs of this temporary physical life that you're neglecting your soul's salvation? A lot of people are doing exactly that. They're all caught up in the busyness of this life and this world, plus all of the supposed but fleeting pleasures that can be connected to sinful practices from time to time. And they're neglecting their soul's salvation. They're being careless with their soul. Are you carelessly putting off your obedience to the Lord until it's too late? We looked at the account of the, the Roman governor in, in Palestine, and that was uh, Felix at that particular time. And Paul would come in and talk to him and teach him the gospel. And what did he tell him that first time? Go away. I'll call you at a more convenient time. Right. Mm -hmm. You can run out of time waiting for a convenient time. That's right. And then when he was making his defense before King Agrippa, Paul told Agrippa, you know, it, it, if it were up to me, I wish that all of you who are listening to me today would be both almost and altogether such as I am, in other words, become a Christian, mm -hmm. because when he had asked Agrippa, do you believe, mm -hmm. Agrippa's response was, you almost persuade me to be a Christian. Right. Well, almost is not good enough. Then we looked at the account of the foolish virgins, or the ten virgins, and five of them being f foolish. They had not prepared properly for the coming of the bridegroom. Right. Now, of course, the bridegroom is meant to... to illustrate or represent Christ coming back. Right. Mm -hmm. And they needed to be ready when he came back, and they were not. And so while they were gone trying to get themselves ready, he went into the wedding and the door was closed. Yes. And when they came and knocked on the door and called to him and asked to be let in, he said, I don't know you. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, we need to not put ourselves in such a position that at that final day of judgment, when we all, however it's going to be, stand before, file before, but are presented before the Lord to be judged personally, that we don't step up there with expectation and then hear him say, I don't know you. And that's nothing to be taken lightly. We're talking about everlasting consequences that have no end. You know, in this life, 
Even if we do receive consequences, we can find some comfort in that they are short-lived or that they will come to an end at some time and we will be able to continue. And in the case of having Jesus die for us, we can repent and we can be forgiven of any sins that we commit. But in that circumstance, on the last day, when Jesus comes again or we die, that's it. Mm-hmm. Time will whatever be we are in, whatever state we are in, that's our everlasting state of consciousness. That's right. Our time for preparation will have passed. Yes. Yes. So what's the conclusion? We need to beware. Mm-hmm. We need to be on guard. My friend, you need to not be careless about your soul's salvation. Dwayne, how about reading Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 12 for us? Beware, brethren, lest there be any of you, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. So you need to be careful so that there's not an evil heart of unbelief, that you end up departing from, from the living God. That's such a, a foreign concept to many people, Gary. And Dwayne, you know, we've, we've all heard it undoubtedly a number of times. Once someone becomes a Christian, there's no way that they can lose that state. They will always be a Christian regardless of how they live from that point on. And that's simply not what God teaches us in his word. You know, this verse in Hebrews 3 verse 12 makes it very plain. An individual who is a Christian has the option of departing from God. If they choose to do so. That's exactly right. And you look into uh, chapter 6 of Hebrews, beginning in verse 4. The writer said, For it's impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away. First phrase in verse 6. Now, definitely the writer's talking about someone who has become a Christian. And then falls away. And falls away. The exact words the writer used there. I mean, to say that if one is saved, they will always be saved is simply not being true to God's word. No. If they become unfaithful, and as the Hebrews writer puts it here, as, as Wayne read a moment ago, and they develop this evil heart of unbelief if they depart from the living God. Mm -hmm. Now, departing from him would indicate you're you're departing from his teachings, from obedience to him. That's right. Well, then they face that state that you read in chapter 6. They fall Mm -hmm. away. That's right. The the second chapter of Hebrews, verse 1, says, Therefore we must give more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. That's right. Now, drifting away means you were there, and now you're drifting away. You were with God, Mm -hmm. now you're drifting away from Him. Mm -hmm. You're departing from Him. Now, all of that comes to a great extent through carelessness. Oh, yes. We're just not paying attention to where we ought to be spiritually, Mm -hmm. to how we ought to be living our lives. Now, Dennis, how about reading in James chapter 5, verses 19 and 20? Brethren, 
If anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. Once again, we have described for us there a person who has become a Christian. Right. That's right. Okay. So he is a Christian mm-hmm. and then he carelessly goes back into unfaithfulness. Verse 20 says he is a sinner mm-hmm. at this point. Yes. And prior to that, in verse 19, he wanders from the truth. Wanders from the truth. So he had to have been in the truth to begin with. So That's we're talking right. about a Christian. That's right. Now, you turn him back from the error of his way, and this again is very stark, and it ought to, to open people's eyes. You save a soul from death. Yes. Right. Because he's back in sin. Further evidence that a person can fall away from grace. They can return to a state of not being saved once they've been saved. Carelessness again. Yes. Careless Christianity. And so they carelessly slip back into a lifestyle of disobedience, unfaithfulness. Now, we're not talking about somebody becoming an axe murderer here. No, not at all. We're just talking about somebody who no longer is diligent Mm -hmm. in their faithful dedication and obedience before God. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, Paul put it uh, again pretty succinctly in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12, when he said, Let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Take heed lest he fall. Yes. Now, let's turn to another text here, 2 Peter chapter 1. And how about reading verses 5 through 8, Dwayne? But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. This text is written to Christians again. If you go back Mm -hmm. to verse 1, the very opening verse of this letter, Simon Peter, a bondservant, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. They become Christians. Yes, that's right. They, They have obtained same faith that the apostles had obtained. Mm-hmm. But what does he say here in verse 5, verses 5 through 8? Here are some things you need to pay attention to. You need to not be careless with your souls. Mm-hmm. Be diligent, giving all diligence. Add to your faith virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly love. Now, all of these things you need to add to your faith. Why? Why do we need to be diligent to do this? Because if these things are yours, verse 8, and abound, not that you just have smatterings of these qualities in your life, but that they're abundant 
in your life, they're who you are, what you are as a Christian, then you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, you're going to assure your salvation. Not the idea that we do it ourselves, but we're doing our part. That's our response to God's offer of salvation, to his grace. Now, Dennis, how about reading verses 10 and 11? Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Once more, we see that word diligent there. Mm -hmm. Be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. Now that's descriptive language for saying to make your salvation sure. That's right. Yes. If you do these things, you will never stumble. And it goes back to what both of you were saying earlier about we've got to be careful. We've got to make sure that we're not careless and end up stumbling in our faith and drifting away or turning away from God, Mm -hmm. going back into a lifestyle of unfaithfulness, of disobedience, of sin. Mm -hmm. If you do these things, you will never stumble. Peter says. And then verse 11 is really the payoff, isn't it? For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's eternal salvation. Mm -hmm. That's our soul's salvation. We need to be careful to not be careless with our soul. Remember, nothing is as valuable as your soul. Now you might be careless with some of your material possessions. You might be careless with your savings, whatever you have put away in the bank, or maybe you've been careless enough that you haven't put put anything away in the bank. But don't be careless with your soul. You can lose your soul if you are. My friend, contact us right now and ask for that free Bible study and learn how you can take the proper steps from God's teachings to make sure that your salvation is sure and certain. Don't put this off. There is no more important matter in your life than your soul's salvation. Don't be careless with your soul.